Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Well, this morning, we've got a doozy for you. Hallelujah. The title of my message is, Are You a Good Soldier? Hup, two, three, four, hup, two. Are you a good soldier? This morning, many of us don't even realize we are soldiers. Hallelujah. But we will get there. I'm going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to start with verses number 1 through verse number 7. I'll give you a moment to find that. Praise the Lord. And the word of the Lord says, You, therefore, my son, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier and also if anyone competes in athletics he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules the hard working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Hallelujah. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. Glory to God. Guess what? We are at war this morning. Make no mistake, like it or not, Ready or not, you are at war. And your enemy, the devil, Satan, the toothless, clawless lion, hallelujah, that prowls around seeking whom he may desire to to devour, he desires to kill you. He doesn't want to just hurt you. He wants to stomp your guts out and take your life. He, He wants you to forfeit your inheritance. He hates you. There is no if. We are absolutely at war. It is a spiritual war that takes place. The minute you get enlisted, that means the minute you get born again, the minute you get sanctified, spirit-filled, you are enlisted in the army of the Lord. You become a soldier of the cross. Hallelujah. And the Bible says you're supposed to be a good soldier. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor, ask him, are you a good soldier this morning? In this army, 
There are officers and there are ranks. Hallelujah. The Bible calls them apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Hallelujah. This army has weapons of mass destruction. WMDs. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, that they're not carnal but they're mighty in God. And the Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper this army that you belong to has protocol in other words there are rules that we're supposed to trust and obey we're supposed to walk by faith walk in the spirit and put on the full armor how many know that just because you're enlisted God also equips you with the armor of God and the armor of light hallelujah we often forget the armor of light but we're supposed to put it on and keep it on. We don't put it on and off every day. We put it on and keep it on. Amen? And it covers vital organs. It covers your mind. It covers your feet. So that wherever you go, hallelujah, you are covered with the armor of God. This army is supernatural. How many understand that when you enter this army, you immediately are sent to the front lines? You're not a, a, a person that sits in a tank or a person that sits in a helicopter somewhere or, or somebody that it sits in the office with a pen and a ruler. You're on the front lines of battle the minute you come to Christ. The questions that I have this morning, are you in it to win it? Or are you just going through the motions? Are you letting other Warriors, other soldiers fight your battles? Or are you fighting your own fight and learning how to fight on your own two feet and learning how to use the weapons of mass destruction that you've been given by the Lord? Are you running your race to win? Are you competing? Are you playing fair? Are you playing by the rules? Are you disciplining your body so that you can compete and win the race? Or are you taking what I'll call the oxymoron way out? You say, hey, bro, I'll tell you what. Here's $20. Go run four laps for me. You didn't get that. Hallelujah. It didn't sink in. What good is that going to do for you? Hallelujah. You give somebody $20 and they run your laps. Who's getting the benefit? You see, sometimes there's a little bit of endurance that we have to go through. There's a little bit of challenges, but, but the, the benefit of it is for you. Amen. But this morning, I'm going to discuss several points of, of, of what we just read. What makes us a good soldier this morning? What makes us a good soldier in the army of the Lord? So let's go in. Number one, let's talk about grace. We have to be strong in grace. Grace is the strength and security of the brethren. Grace is our force field, our, our freedom. Hallelujah. Grace enables ministers to go and fulfill their ministry. I liken it to these like adventure films, right? Go and fulfill your destiny. I mean, I'm an adventure dude. I, I love these types of movies, right? And then the whole movie, you see the guy beating up monsters and beating up things. And, and at the end, he always gets the girl. Hallelujah. If it's a good ending, my wife loves good endings. If she doesn't get a good ending, she says the movie's terrible. 
She hates terrible endings, right? But guess what? This story has a good ending. Hallelujah. And you get Jesus Christ at the end of it all. Hallelujah. But it gives us the strength to go and fulfill our destiny. Grace allows you, allows us to suffer afflictions, to suffer persecution, and even infirmities, hallelujah, and still get through unscathed on the other side. Grace makes us able to share grace with other brothers and sisters, especially those that are weaker in the faith or those that we encourage and help build up. The Bible says, freely we receive, freely give. In other words, we sometimes have to give the EGR card, the extra grace required. Amen? Because sometimes we got to deal with people and you go, Hi, Señor, hallelujah. Oh my God, look at this. By now they should be in a certain place. Hallelujah. Right? Even Jesus had to deal with that. When he, when he rose again from the dead and he came back on the road to Emmaus and they were all upset and hurt. And then they were like, you know, don't you know what happened? He's like, why are you all messed up? Why are you all depressing? Don't you know? Haven't you heard? And, and Jesus is like, do I have to go back and teach you everything from three years? Didn't you walk with me? Didn't you talk with me? And they had no clue. They were talking to Jesus. The gloom and doom, it, it blinded them to what was right in front of them. Focused on the wrong things. Grace means that God isn't mad at you. Hallelujah. Steve Brown, there's a quote, he says, The truth is that you could stand most anything and serve in any situation and bear almost any burden if you know for sure that God isn't angry at you. And let me tell you, that might not seem like a real significant statement, but it's tremendously significant. I'll tell you why. If you've ever been born and raised in a legalistic church environment like I was, hallelujah, where everything was law, 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 law. And if you didn't follow the rules, 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 you were on disciplina, 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 <laughs> discipline, discipline, discipline. And you were always sat down and disciplined because everything was law, law, law. And there was no love. There was no freedom. And I read in my word where God said, I've given you freedom. Just don't use your freedom to cause you to sin, right? We're not under the law. We're, we're free from that. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Praise God. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. God isn't mad at you. God isn't in heaven with a big heavenly leather belt ready to whip your behind every time you drop the ball. God is there with open arms like the father of the prodigal son story. He's there with open arms waiting for you to come to your senses so he can hug you and put on the ring on your finger and, and, and kill the fatted calf and celebrate when you get it. When you come to your senses. To be strong in grace is to preach the word of God with boldness. To preach or share the word with courage. Hallelujah. Fortitude. Uncompromised word of God. In other words, you're not sugarcoating anything. You're not putting no strawberries and whipped cream on top. You're giving it straight. Amen. Whether they like it or not. Whether they receive it or not. You don't compromise the word. You deliver the word. Amen. Amen. When you have a strength in grace, you oppose 
every heresy, every wrong doctrine or dogma, every false prophet, every false Christ, and you call it like it is, hallelujah, and you always got the antenna, the radar, and you're scanning, and you're scanning, said, nope, can't walk down there, that's, that's a dark place, nope, my spirit ain't going to be edified, no, I ain't sitting there with that person, I ain't going there with, because you're always scanning, and then when people are starting to talk falsehoods and all kinds of nonsense, you're like, like what? Oh no, no, no. Let me let me correct that little scenario right now. Hallelujah. What we have to understand is, uh, and I'm going to use some military terms here, even though I was never in the military, I'm in the army of God. Hallelujah. But what we don't want to do as being a strong in grace is we don't want to go AWOL. That means absent without leave. We don't want to go AWOL. Jonah went AWOL. Elijah went AWOL. The disciples, when the shepherd was struck, the disciples scattered. They went AWOL. God doesn't want you to run away from problems. God doesn't want you to run away from situations, running away from crisis, or running away when you have dropped the ball. God wants you to pick up, man up, woman up, gird up, brush off. Hallelujah. The Bible says the righteous fall down seven times and get up again. He wants you to stand your ground and be strong. In other words, grow up. I love this verse. I quote it all the time. Daniel 11.32. The second part of that verse. It says, The people who know their God shall be strong and shall do great exploits. Hallelujah. Number two. Commit thou to faithful men who are able to teach others also. That means faithfulness. Rain, sleet, snow. It doesn't matter. They're going to be there. God wants us to work with others that are faithful. God commits to faithfulness. He does not commit to beauty and talent and charm and and all the other stuff. He doesn't commit to someone that has deep pockets. He, He doesn't commit to all that stuff. God commits to faithfulness. Faithfulness is a mark of maturity. It's a mark of godly character. He can work with someone who is faithful. Amen? Someone who walks with integrity, doing the right thing even when no one's looking. Someone who is upright. Someone who's a true believer in Jesus Christ. Iron, sharpening iron. Praise God. Someone who's able to teach others of some of the things that they might have endured so that the other person doesn't have to go through the same mistakes. He's looking for women that can teach other women like the Titus Touch Ministry, right? The older women teaching the younger women. People that pour into one another. God wants us to develop character. Character is a mark of faithfulness. Effective leaders, effective soldiers have godly character. Character which is developed in adversity. How many people understand that all character and all kinds of growth comes by way of crisis? You can't grow unless you're going through a crisis. I love the word testimony. You can't have a testimony without a test. And in order for you to grow, you've got to go through some fires. If you're going through, how many are going through hell right now? Hallelujah. If you're going through a fire, guess what? The Lord loves you. Praise the Lord. You know why? Because he's turning up the heat. That's sometimes the only way that the the, the dross and the impurities come out. It has to happen. 
Many people want character. They want uh, to be uh, uh, people of faithfulness, but they don't want what comes along with it. They want authority without accountability. They want titles without servitude. They want accountability without responsibility. Let me tell you something. Jesus, he was Lord of all. You know why? Because he was servant of all. Come on. He said, he that wants to be greatest among you, let him be your servant. Yes. Right? That was in Matthew 23. He that wants to be greatest shall be your servant. Ed Cole, I love that brother. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, he says, you are only qualified to lead to the degree you're willing to serve. That's right. In other words, you want to be a strong leader, you got to be a strong servant. You want someone to dig a hole, you jump in the hole with the shovel and start digging. And, and show them, listen, I'm not going to tell you to do something that I ain't going to do. Right? The same way God told Abraham, I want your son, sacrifice your son. Then he stopped him. But God sent his son and followed through. Amen? God ain't going to tell us to do something that he himself won't do. Glory to God. Many people want to be leaders and they'll say, we deserve this position because I've got gifts, I've got talents, I've got abilities and, and we deserve this position. You should put me in this position because I could do a great job here. Listen, the real reality is the only thing we deserve in this life is death. That's the truth. If we deserve a position at all, you know what the position is? The position should be foot washer. Come on now. Amen? We should be able, thank you, we should be able to wash feet. Jesus took his clothes off and put a towel around his waist and bent down and got on his knees and started to wash the disciples' feet. That's the sign of a servant leader, a, a someone that is willing to sacrifice himself on the behalf of others. What happens is, there's too many now in the body of Christ and at large that just struggle with this pride monster. Pride. The center of pride. Just like the center of sin. The center of pride is I. And they're like, look at me. Look at what I've got. Look at what I can do. Everybody should be drawn to my gifts. I call that the Luciferian spirit. Believing that you are greater than what you were created to be. Character breeds character. And faithfulness breeds faithfulness. I remember my mom used to tell me this uh, saying in Spanish. It says, Dime con quien tu anda y te diga quien tu eres. In other words, tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you exactly who you are. All right, we got other sayings, you know, lay down with dogs, you wake up with fleas and all that other good stuff, right? But it's true, right? If you hang around the wrong element, you start to pick up traits. You start hanging around with someone dropping F-bombs, pretty soon you're going to be dropping F-bombs. And at first you go, excuse me, my bad. But after a while, you're like, F this, F that, bing, 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 beep, 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 beep. And you won't even think twice of it because you're so wrapped up in an environment and it has become conducive to your environment and you've embraced the environment and now you've taken on the traits. That's called the stronghold. Yes. Amen. Glory to God. God uses people with godly character to pour into, to minister into other people, to teach them, to develop them. How about this for an operative word? 
to disciple them. We're supposed to disciple one another. We're supposed to take the young babes in Christ and say, hey, come with me. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to study the word with you. Uh, When you need me, I'm going to be right here. For the next two or three years, you and me are going to be boys. We're going to hang out. Whatever we got to do. But I want to get you to the place where you can feed yourself, where you can study on your own, where you know who Christ is and you're convinced without a doubt what he has done for your soul. Hallelujah. And when I see that you're all well and good, then I'm going to ask you to pour into somebody else. Hallelujah. Pay it forward. The same way I helped you, you help somebody else. You pour into them. You invest into them. Glory to God. That's how the church should operate. Unfaithful people lack character. They're the ones that always complain. They come to church. It's too hot. It's too cold. You know, the pastor's talking too long. There's too many worship songs. Why can't they play hymns? I like hymns. Why can't, why does everything have to be rock and roll? Why can't we do some hip hop? Well, why, you know, everything is complaining, 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 complaining. And the reality is, most of the time, they're the ones that do absolutely nothing. I call them wanderers. They, they toss about. They're tossed from one pew to another pew. They never plant themselves in a church because they don't want to be accountable to any church, any group, any ministry. They don't want to connect. They don't want to become members of anything. This way they could bounce at any time. The Bible calls that vagabonds. And, And the vagabonds, they never see their vision come to pass. Do you know why? Because it's their vision and not God's vision. Come on, Amen. They're always making demands. Well, in my old church, we used to do it this way. And my response is, well, why are you still not there? Why are you not there? If that worked for you, what are you doing here? Praise God. Unfaithful people are more interested in their own honor than honoring God. And, and, and I'll just say the word cheating. They're cheating God. They're they're committing spiritual adultery in so many other areas. And oftentimes, they'll do something for hire. In other words, they're called soldiers of fortune. Right? You pay me, you give me something, and then I'll do for you. But if you don't give me anything, no money, no honey. It's time for the body of Christ at large to grow up, to be mature, to start being faithful. God commits to faithfulness. In other words, stop making excuses. When it's hot, get, get, take a, 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 a lighter outfit. When it's cold, put on a sweater. If it's raining, bring an umbrella. You know, whatever it is. If your car is broken, pick up the phone and call one of the brothers and sisters and, and get to church. You know, don't make excuses, especially if you have gifts and you have a call on your life and, and there's something that you have to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Don't withhold your blessing to everybody else. Be a part of the body. Amen? Praise God. Number three, endure hardship like a good soldier. In other words, partake in the sufferings of Christ while you're in the trenches. I love this picture. This is like a World War I picture. A lot of times they had to dig these trenches and that's how they used to uh, uh, cover themselves from enemy fire. But even in the trenches, it got very uh, uh, wicked in there. People would throw fires in there and people would jump in there and they'd be fighting in the trenches, literally fighting in the trenches. And that sometimes is called uh, uh, enduring hardship when we have to fight even in the thick of it all and there's not room enough to get around. 
Good soldiers of Jesus Christ endure hardship for the commander-in-chief, which is Jesus Christ. Good soldiers volunteer our allegiance to Jesus Christ. They're willing to fight to the death for the Lord. They fight against sin and Satan, and they resist the enemy. Good soldiers fight under God's banner. Hallelujah. And they fight the good fight of faith. Good soldiers are true believers, true ministers that know the word of God and aren't afraid to use it. Hallelujah. Good soldiers are on common ground with one another, side by side, linked up together. Hallelujah. They're not in competition with each other, but they are with each other in communion, in common ground. There are many good soldiers that have ended up missing in action. Missionaries that are lost in the field and people are still looking for them. People don't know where they've ended up. There are other uh, soldiers that have been killed in action. KIA. Stephen was a good soldier. He was killed in action. He was martyred for the faith. Sometimes good soldiers will pay the ultimate price for their faith. We have brothers and sisters in the Middle East right now that are getting decapitated. They're getting burned alive. They're being drowned in cages. Uh, I read of a horrible story where there was a, a family, a father, a mother, and like two or three little children under the age of 12. And they were demanding that they convert to Islam or they would see their children sacrificed. And because the parents loved the Lord, even with the crying, wailing, crying of the children, they said, we cannot turn our back on Jesus. He's done too much for us. And they killed their children right in front of the parents. And then they took the, the heads of these little ones and used it as sport, playing soccer. It's just horrendous, the things that our brothers and sisters are going through for the cause of Christ, the hardship that they're enduring. Can you imagine the pain, the agony? And then here we are in the culture, the Western world. We're changing the Bible scriptures. We're taking out uh, Jesus out of the Bible. And we're doing all kinds of weird translations and making Muslim-friendly Bibles and all this craziness. And the missionaries are saying, what are you guys doing? We're dying over here for the cause of Christ. And you're now softening the word? We've got to pray for our brothers and sisters all over the globe that are laying it on the line. Let me tell you, we think we're being persecuted because somebody said, I don't like you. I don't like your hairstyle. Your kids are are, are nasty and they're arrogant and they need to be changed. You know, people say something about your kid and right away, they cut off. Delete. You're not my friend. Oh, let's pray for President Trump. What? President Trump? Delete. I mean, it's silly stuff. We think we're being persecuted. Listen, we haven't faced death. Uh, uh, We haven't faced what the brothers and sisters are facing. When the Bible says endure hardship, praise God that you don't have to face that kind of hardship. In other words, stop making excuses. It could be a lot worse. Suffering. It is a very unpopular topic. Nobody likes to hear about suffering, but it's a very real part of our walk with God. I think everyone in this room has suffered at some point or another. There are some right now in this room suffering right now as they hear these words. 
our trials, our crisis, sometimes it seems like a boom, like a punch right in the gut and it knocks all the air out of you. Some of our trials are self-inflicted. Bad choices. Bad relationships. Bad decisions. Some other conflicts and trials may have been beyond our control. Layoffs, accidents, infidelity, death. Things that you can't help on your own. The fact of the matter is, everyone in this room is going to suffer at one time or another. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 4, uh, 45, it says, For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. How many know that suffering is a part of your walk? I'm not selling you no happy, warm, and fuzzy gospel today. I'm not selling uh, uh, no come to Christ and you're going to tiptoe through the tulips for the rest of your life because I'm going to tell you about the thorns and the thistles. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep it real. There will be trials. There will be suffering. But endure it as a good soldier. It won't last forever. Every hospital we pass is a sign that people are suffering. Families are suffering. Every screaming siren passing by announces another family going through a terrible crisis. Every cry of a little baby is announcing that a little child is suffering. Something's wrong. And even in our marriages, how many know that our marriages will go through times of suffering and crisis? Some people think that marriage is really just three rings. The engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the suffer ring. <laughs> Marriage is the closest thing to heaven you will ever experience on this earth, or it will be the closest thing to hell you will ever experience on this earth. It takes work. It takes work. Turn your neighbor and say, put in the work. Hallelujah. <laughs> It could be the most rewarding thing in the world. The closest thing to heaven you'll ever experience. I'm telling the truth. Ease your suffering, bro. Work at it. Ease the suffering. Learn your wife. Hallelujah. I've got a doctorate in Francology. I'm telling you. And she's got a doctorate in Albertology. Hallelujah. She's, she's a bomb. But it took 25 years to get there. Hallelujah. You could have asked her that question in the first five years and she would have had a whole different answer. Hallelujah. There's a woman that once said, my husband and I have a very happy marriage. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him and there's nothing he wouldn't do for me. So we've gone through our life doing nothing for each other. And then they wonder... Why their marriage is all jacked up. Hallelujah. Saints of God, as a Christian, you will have trials. You will go through conflict. You will suffer loss. You will suffer betrayal. You will be persecuted. You will be mocked. You will be made fun of. It's all true. It's part of the walk. Trials will come whether you are spiritual or whether you are carnal. 
Your spiritual level of maturity is going to determine whether you have victory or defeat. The Bible tells us, don't think it's strange the fiery trial that you are going through. Some of us may have thought that once we got saved, all the trials would cease. And we just sang earlier, blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. How often do we say, bless the Lord for this time of crisis. Bless the Lord for this time of suffering. Naked I came, naked I go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though he slay me, yet shall I praise the Lord. Is that our attitude? Come on now. Or do we go, (laughs) Pastor, you ain't going to believe what's happening. Why is this happening to me? I pray. Yes, I pray, Pastor. I pray 15 hours every day. I haven't eaten in three weeks. I'm praying and fasting, and God doesn't answer my prayer. (laughs) What's going on? Pity party. Pity party. I'm about to blow it up. Hallelujah. It happens. I I don't seem... Listen, I don't want to make light humor because then people will stop calling me. Hallelujah. They'll be like, Pastor's going to use me in one of his messages. I I ain't saying nothing. Listen, call me. I'll pray with you. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm I'm trying to make light uh, humor of it, but the reality is this is what happens. What happens when we go through a conflict... Go to your word. That should be the first source. Go to prayer and say, Lord, take me in your word. Let your word speak to my situation. Let your word pull me out of the fire. And if I have to go in the fire, then Lord, meet me in there. Hallelujah. But I will praise you through the storm. I'm going to lift up holy hands. I ain't going to talk negative about the crisis. I ain't going to curse the people who are dogging me out. Oh God, I put them in your hands. Oh Lord, you can do it, oh Lord. I leave them in your hands. Oh God, but while I'm waiting, oh God, I will worship you, I will praise you. We're gonna get through this together, oh Lord. Praise God. There are some verses on suffering I want to share with you. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna put these up for those that are uh, 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 writing notes. Amen. Second Corinthians 1 5, it says, For the sufferings of Christ abound in us. So our consolation also abounds through Christ. In other words, Christ knows what you're going through. Let him be there with you. Our consolation is in him. He'll walk with you. First Peter, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. Let me tell you, If you've ever gone through a crisis and you've ever been in the trenches and you've ever been in the fire and you begin to pray and all of a sudden, you know, it seems like everything is collapsing. But then, boom, the answer comes. The money comes. Uh, uh, The change comes. Uh, uh, The the, the forgiveness comes. Or whatever it is that you're going through. Then now you're exceedingly glad. You're exceedingly rejoicing. And now you're like... You're dancing all over the place because you're happy about what God did in your life. If you've weathered a few storms in your Christian walk, you will understand what that verse means to be glad with exceeding joy. But so often we quit 
right before the victory. We quit. And then we don't see the finish line and we quit. And that's why we end up complaining and complaining and not seeing the reward of our faith. James 1, 2, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, right? Because we're being tested and it's developing patience and character and maturity so that we would be mature and complete and not lack anything. Revelation 17, 14, it says, these will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. Hallelujah. Our next point. Don't get entangled with the affairs of this life. In other words, mind your business. Ooh, it's getting thick in here. Hallelujah. Mind your business. Don't be a busybody. Stop gossiping. Stop meddling in on everybody else's affairs and hide behind, oh, I just want to know what the prayer request is. So I have something, so I know what to pray for. They hide behind that. I see it all the time. Sister girl, what you going through? What? Word? What? He did what? Oh, word. Oh, girl. I got you, boo. Come. Come. You need a hug, sister girl. Come. Come right here. I got you. I got you. I'll even shed some tears. I'll shed some tears with you. All right, girl. I'll see you next week. All right. Peace out. Jesus loves you. And the minute you're done, do, 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 do. girl, check this out. You know what I just found out? And we start assassinating the character, assassinating the brethren, assassination. But we cover it up with, oh, I'm just needing to know what to pray for. A prayer request. I just want to know so I know what to pray for. I don't need to draw too much more attention to that. I think y'all got that message. Hallelujah. Amen. Duly noted. Check. Hallelujah. Proverbs 6. It says there are six things that the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Here's the six things. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are running swiftly into evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And then number seven, the big one. And one who sows discord amongst the brethren. Sowing discord, gossiping, separating close friends, talking about each other, all that. Murmuring against each other. God says that's an abomination to him. Listen, the enemy, our adversary, he hates us already. He's always looking to kick us when we're down. He's always looking to destroy us. We don't need to help him do that. Especially when it comes to the body of Christ. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The body of Christ is the only army on planet Earth that shoots and kills its own wounded. 
even on the field of battle. They got helmets with a cross on it. And, and everybody says, and they should know, listen, you don't shoot the medic. We'll respect your medic if you respect our medic. Amen. You don't shoot the dude with the red cross. Amen. We've got wounded brothers on the battlefield. Let them get medical attention. Yes, Lord. Even in the, uh, the Geneva Convention, Articles of War, we don't kill wounded. But the Christian army, a brother falls in sin, we're like... Ch -ch -ch. <laughs> Someone cheats on their wife... Ch -ch -ch. Someone says something about you. Someone rubs you the wrong way. We shoot each other, kill each other dead. The only army on earth that does that. Our tongue is a world of fire and deadly poison. The Bible says in 1 John, Hallelujah, I'll get there. The Bible says in 1 John, whoever, 1 John 3, 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I, I put this picture up of a Roman soldier. Roman soldiers had a very strong discipline. They didn't follow any trades. They didn't partake in business life. They didn't have a nine to five job. Their job was a soldier. Many of them were not concerned with husbandry or family. They were single men trained since youth in the art of combat, hand to hand combat. They were not concerned with merchandise or going to Walmart when there was a, a Black Friday sale. These soldiers were wholly devoted to military exercise, to military order and military discipline. Anything outside of their duty was considered an entanglement or a hindrance, even family. Ministers are God's soldiers. Any saved person in this room is a soldier of God. And God is calling us today to be good soldiers. Good soldiers are not involved with worldly affairs. Good soldiers don't serve God and money. Good soldiers give themselves wholly and completely to the work and service unto the Lord. Good soldiers should be ready to part with the worldly engagements and worldly pleasures. Hallelujah. Things that separate us from the Lord. Good soldiers cheerfully suffer the loss of all things. In other words, they're willing to give up all for Jesus Christ. Good soldiers are identified with Jesus Christ. They come under identification. They say, I stand with Jesus. Even if you don't like me, even if you delete me on Facebook, I'm still going to stand with Jesus Christ. They are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 6, 1, Likewise you also reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, either we're walking with God or we're not. If you're walking with God, you're dead to sin. If you're walking without God, you're walking dead. Hallelujah. You're dead already and you don't even know it. Right. And you're walking yourself right to the pit of hell if you don't change.
and you don't receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Praise God. It's that simple. Number five, pleasing God should be our chief concern. Nothing else matters. Nothing else but you. All I want is you, Lord. Galatians 1.10, it says, For do now I, I persuade man or God, or do I seek to please man? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Our aim should be to please God in every aspect of our life. He's the one that shed his blood. He's the one that died. He's the one that paid your debt on the cross. And Jesus lives inside of you and not anybody else, just you. He wants to make his home in you. He wants you to trust him, to fear God and not man. I'll give you some verses as well, a couple of verses. Psalm 56, 11, it says, In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Luke 12, 4 and 5, it says, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you of whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. If we're going to fear anybody, fear God. But thank God. He says we should be thankful that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And one day we will walk with Him and see Him as He is, face to face. Hallelujah. If we're going to be in this war, if we're going to be a good soldier, then we need to play by the rules. Hallelujah. We need to obey the laws of the land. We need to obey the Word of God, which is the sole source of truth and the absolute rule of conduct. We need to live credibly. We need to live visibly. We need to be the salt and light and preserve the earth, light the way, hallelujah, for others to see. Kingdom principles. We have to follow the order of the kingdom, right? Uh, uh, the, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. God uh, wants us to know His promises, to know Him. We have to know the God that we serve. Praise the Lord. Athletes, if you are an athlete, if you are an athlete, you will discipline your body for competition. You would run your race without cheating because you want to compete with honor. You want to compete with distinction. You don't want to take shortcuts. You want to finish the race. The Bible tells us that we're not to look to the right or to the left. In other words, don't take shortcuts. Don't take the path of least resistance. Sometimes you might have to take the bumpy road. Sometimes you might have to go through some thorns and thistles in your life. But you stay the course. Win the race and finish strong. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If Jesus could endure hardship, if Jesus could endure the cross, if Jesus could endure pain and suffering and affliction, then so could we. 
Amen? 1 Corinthians. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Saints of God, are you in the race this morning? Come on now. Are you in the army of God this morning? Are you a good soldier this morning? Are you in it to win it? Are you a fighter? Are you an overcomer? Are you more than a conqueror this morning? You may have lost a few battles along the way, but I promise you this morning, you will not lose the war. Hallelujah. It is not the end for you. But we got to run to win. And I want to end with this point. The harvest is coming. It says in the word that the farmer is the first one to enjoy the harvest. The farmer is the first one to benefit from the crop. So even though you might suffer, even though there might be a time delay of seed and time and harvest, even though you're waiting for your fruit to come up, it will come up. And when it does, the first one that is going to partake of the blessing of the overflow of the harvest is you. Ministers are always first to be the partakers of the fruit. Those who have sowed seed, the seed is going to sprout up and return 100 fold. Hallelujah. But God wants you to run the race. God will not allow you to go through something that you cannot handle. And he will allow you to sometimes go through the school of hard knocks. And the reason why is he's stripping you of yourself. Remember last week, Lord, save me from me. Hallelujah. We have to labor in the kingdom, endure hardship like a good soldier. But understand that that hardship will not last forever. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor and say, it's temporal. Hallelujah. And the crisis will mature you. The crisis will develop you. The crisis will make you grow up. How silly would it be to see us like little babies every Sunday going (laughs) like a little baby bottle. It's time for the saints of God to grow up. We go through the crisis. We get the tools that we need. We enjoy our harvest. Not only in heaven will we store up treasures, but the Bible says here on earth. You remember the rich man from last week. The rich man would have had a hundred times more than what he had had he walked with Jesus and given everything up for the Lord. God wants to deal with certain things in our heart. He wants us to change our lifestyle, our heart. And he has the right to do so. He's the commander in chief. A good soldier at the end of the race. A good soldier will inherit the crown of life. You know, we know soldiers here. The highest award you can receive is the Medal of Honor. It gets pinned on your chest by the President of the United States. But in the 
the army of God, the highest reward, we get the crown of life. The crown of rejoicing. I believe there's like five crowns. Hallelujah. Uh, we get them all. Hallelujah. Through Christ Jesus. While we're waiting, don't expect ease or rest. Expect war. Expect toil. Expect hardship and sacrifice. My wife says it all the time. It's a bloody walk that we have. But our day of suffering is almost over. Pain is weakness leaving your body. A good soldier is going to stand the test of time. And one day when the suffering is all over, when everything is complete, we're going to be riding on white horses with the King of Kings, hallelujah, whose name is written faithful and true. He will have crowns on his head and he will have eyes of fire and the sword will come out of his mouth, hallelujah. And he's going to extinguish the earthly sinful wicked that's on this land. Hallelujah. He will create a new heaven and a new earth and we will be right with him. Hallelujah. Riding on clouds of glory with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And how many know that that day is coming sooner than we think? Yes. I'll read that verse one more time. These will make war with the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And those who are with him, that means you and me, are called chosen. You are called chosen. Hallelujah. And they will be called faithful. God wants you to be faithful. Endure hardship. Rise up as a good soldier. Hallelujah. Onward, Christian soldiers, praise God, reporting for duty. You don't come to Christ to be an advisor. You come to receive your orders and march to his beat, march to the drum of his command, and you shall be faithful. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints of the Most High God, this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net specchurch.net or 845-956-0133 We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.